Welcome to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm Stephen Rothberg, the founder of job search site College Recruiter. We believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. This podcast features news, tips, case studies, and interviews with the world's leading experts about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to high volume hiring. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest is my friend, Julie Callie, the president of RecruitmentMarketing.com. Julie, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. I'm so happy to join you today. It is awesome. You've all got, always got such a smile, not, not only on your face, but also in your voice. It's, it's infectious. I love it. Aw, thank you. Later on, I'm going to ask you about a, a favorite horror story um, that you can share with the listeners, maybe from the industry or one or two of your jobs that you've had. But before we get there, um, maybe take a minute or two and tell the listeners who might not know you, um, who's Julie? What do you do? Ah, what do I do? So I have, I definitely say I am someone who is working towards empowering the work of the recruitment marketer. Uh, We're going through a massive transformation in a digital era. And as we're trying to improve the experience that we give all humans in job search, recruitment marketers are working the front line at the same time. The world is changing around us with laws and mandates uh, and the desire to be more inclusive in our practice. So there's a lot of work being done in recruitment marketing and advancing very quickly. And I am trying to help all of those in the world who are doing that job, powering them with information, elevating each other, and helping them connect. So I couldn't be more proud to be working at recruitmentmarketing.com to help bring people together and share that information. Oh, awesome. Yeah, for, from a field that pretty much didn't exist 10 years ago, it it is it is advancing so rapidly. So many larger organizations, especially having an employment branding specialist, a programmatic team, um, you know, different different names for different kinds of roles. But most organizations hadn't even heard of this a decade ago. You're right. There's so many different types of roles now yeah. in recruitment marketing. Um, it used to be just something you expected the recruiter to do, yeah. right? Uh, but the recruiter already has a job, and this job keeps getting bigger. So I, I've, I have loved working in recruitment marketing. Um, I just find it so rewarding because I know there are two, you know, beneficiaries that you're helping at the same time. You're helping a company find the talent that it needs so it can continue to grow and have success. I, I, you know, and I hope for that for every company. Um, and then on the other side of that, there's people, there's humans who are looking for work. They're looking for a career. They're looking for a place to find purpose and, you know, create financial stability for their their families and their loved ones. So I, I just find such great purpose in doing marketing for the the reason of recruitment. Um, so it's been tremendously rewarding, and I. I I see all the problems in this space every day. I bump into new ones and I just want to help break through all of those challenges as technology becomes more available to us. We need to embrace it and accelerate what we're doing in recruitment marketing and and I'm I'm excited for what the future holds for us. Yeah, it 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 definitely is helping to create a lot more win-wins, better matches, um happier companies, happier people. People who stay with those companies for longer become more productive. I mean, it's just it's just a win-win um, all around. So, 
Um, let's flash back, if we can, um, to 2022, last year. And I believe that recruitmentmarketing.com surveyed its audience about um, what your audience felt were the top um, impactful changes to recruitment marketing. And yes. um, before we jumped on the recording, you shared with me sort of the, the headlines for the, for the top five. And what I'd like to do is kind of throw each one of them at you and have you respond with a little bit more um, insight about uh, what that means, how it impacts high volume hiring, um, some some Julie thoughts on it, um, et cetera. And, and then we'll get to the horror story. Um, so right now, so you're double, you're, you're, uh, you're double tasking right now. It's like <laughs> part of your brain is like, okay, what can I share? What would be okay? But, um, okay. So number one is, as far as the, uh, the changes to recruitment marketing, um, is requirements for pay transparency in jobs. Yes. Oh, this is a big one. Well, you know, to, in truth, it, it, I wanted to, survey the audience on what they thought were the most impactful changes. Cause every year something happens, something happens, new things happen and come in and, and make it more challenging to do the job. Um, pay transparency, really Colorado, let's give them credit. They were the first one. Yes. Um, they were the first one to mandate that it, it, it be put actually in the job posting. So while other states had done some transparency laws, no one had until uh, Colorado in 2021. But then uh, more states started to come on with those laws in 2022. Um, and what we're seeing right now, right, uh, is that localities are creating. So not even whole states, but just cities, like New York yeah. City, but not New York State. Um, so this has become really challenging. So this took number one, <laughs> the requirements for salary transparency in jobs uh, is what our audience said was probably the most impactful change to the job because it, it is more than just, okay, let's, you know, publish the, the, the salary on the job. Well, salaries usually have ranges. And the minute you put that salary out on the job, it is public to the world. So that means all kinds of people can see that, not just the job seekers, but also your competitors, <laughs> your employees. Um, and now that creates a lot of ripple effect to the impact. So employees inside the organization might be saying, how come I don't make as much as that job? <laughs> um, I do the same job. Um, so internally, companies had to figure out how they were going to address that because of this change, um, as well as competition, right? If your competition can see what you make, they can try to out, um, outbid you really by disclosing a higher compensation and winning over that talent in really competitive marketplace. So this, this definitely has, has made a, um, an impact that is just compounding in all kinds of different areas. Um, what makes it even worse though, is that it's not uniform. Um, it's different requirements in different places. Um, and I just think that, yes, this was a big impact in 2022, but it's not going to go away. We're going to be playing whack-a-mole with this for probably a few years until there is some kind of uniformity at a national level. Yeah, no, here, here. And I, it, I see this very similarly to, um, some of the privacy laws 
right? You've got GDPR in, in Europe, you've got the CCPA in California, and there are other privacy laws that are either already in place in other countries or about to be in place. Like in the US, by the end of this year, there might be a dozen different privacy laws. In general, they're all kind of the same, but the nuances can be quite different. And in order to comply with one law, at times you might be violating another. Um, but usually what it means is that there's sort of like a standard. If you meet the highest standard, you meet them all. Oh, I like that. Um, and I think that our, our friends at, at Zuna and Indeed um, have done a really great job with requiring their customers to either provide those salary ranges or if the customers won't, then they go ahead and estimate that and put that onto their job postings. And I think a lot of the people that you surveyed um, probably were pretty shocked <laughs> that that's what's happening. At College Recruiter, we've been doing that for a few years. We have some customers occasionally who say, hey, the salary ranges are, that you're using for our position, they're, they're, that's wrong. And the answer is just give us your actual data. We'll put the, we'll put the actual numbers up there, and then we won't have wrong numbers. In, I think, three years, we've lost one customer be because of that. I absolutely credit you for being an early adapter here um, and what you've done at College Recruiter maybe to foolish. disclose that. <laughs> no, um, it, you did it before it was the law, before it was mandated. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you, and, and I know, you know from conversations that we've had, you did it for the right reasons, right? And, th yeah. and that's where this comes from. So I know a lot of people are saying, God, this is hard. We got to figure this out. But yes, for a good reason, we have to figure this out because this is the, the, the reason why these were put into place is because there is a horrible experience that people go through a job search. And we should be more upfront about what the expectations are. This is a great way for us to eliminate bias um, you know, women being paid, um, you know, less than men and those in minority groups being paid less than that. Like, let's be fair with, with pay, pay equity. That's what this is about. So I really uh, love that you got, were such an early adapter to this. Um, but I, I really look forward to the rest of the world getting on that train. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and although you and I right now are physically like halfway across the country from each other, we'll we'll do a virtual hug because we are yes. certainly on the same page here. <laughs> so, number number two uh, on on the list of the top five um, innovations in TA technology, and I bet this is one where there's a lot of high volume impact. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, I'd say micro. Uh, information that came into this, but at the macro, this did take number two on the most impactful thing in recruitment marketing 2022 that will, again, this will carry on. This is not going away. Um, but innovations in TA tech, um, you know, having just gone through the pandemic and, uh, and the way of work has changed, there is so much change that needed to happen to technology. Now that's existing tech advancing itself, um, this is also, you know, adding new features and things. So it's not always about new tech. It's sometimes about new abilities within side of technology. Uh, but yes, there's new tech too. <laughs> I mean, just look at chat GBT entering right. uh, the world, right? And us figuring out how we can use it in different ways in recruitment marketing, such as writing job descriptions. Um, everybody's favorite 
pastime. Right? <laughs> so um, <laughs> this this is going to continue, and I'm glad that it is because each advancement is advancing the whole industry. Um, but every advancement in technology is a new skill you need to learn, a new thing you need to make sure that you can, um, you know, integrate into your process. Um, and as well as, you know, as the bar keeps getting higher and higher with technology, it does mean the, comp- the you know, the competition to be able to have those seamless experiences is rising. Um, so, Everyone is constantly chasing after what's new, but also trying to catch up with what's already on the table. So this this will not go away, and for good yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the things I love about about the advancements in TA technology is that for decades it was all about efficiency. It was all about removing humans from the process and depersonalizing. What seems to have been happening in the last couple of years is accelerating how fast we move from one stage to another to make it more likely that that person gets the job rather than less likely we have to interact with them. Uh, and yes. you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's really improved the candidate experience. A lot of, a lot of it, not all, but, but a lot of it, it's who wants to sit around and wait for six weeks to hear back if they got a job, if they can find that out in six days. Um, and from a company perspective, if you can tell that person yes in six days rather than six weeks, much more likely that they're going to start with you. We'll be back right after this break. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Welcome back to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. Number three on the list, the rise of TikTok in talent acquisition. And uh, so before I let you talk about this, I'm assuming that we're talking about TikTok, not like my feed, which is basically full of diva huskies, (laughs) Um, but, but, uh, but more recruitment, uh, oriented TikTok. Well, TikTok, I mean, how can you ignore it, right? It's all over the news about the incredible growth. Um, I really took off in, uh, 2022 and what that led to is, I mean, it was in the headlines and the billions of users and, or shall I say millions of users with billions of views each day. So yeah. with all that traffic, activity, and attention, it, it took media spotlight. So that then led to, um, you know, what what I often call the hippos, right? The hi- the highest paid person's opinions <laughs> that, that um, <laughs> come marching into the office and say, "We need to get up on TikTok, right? Let Let's figure out how to get our business on TikTok because everybody craves audience. So you fish where the fish are. Let's get up on TikTok." But not understanding the media, it's not a Facebook, it's not a LinkedIn. It's more like a Netflix. So um, it's entertainment uh, media. So this was very different type of media than is typically used in recruitment marketing. It's more of an employer brand play than it's not exactly a place you're going to go post a job. So this made this big desire. Everybody wanted to be up 
but nobody knew how. <laughs> they didn't quite understand the media, and then that made it really challenging. Now, those that understood it and were able to get involved with it had seen tremendous results. So that only, you know, built the fire to say, well, how do we also get those results? Um, but this is not an easy form of media um, to, to get into um, unless you truly understand it. It's a creator marketplace. And um, you can't just go tap someone on the shoulders, you know, and grab an intern and be like, great, build us a TikTok strategy, right? It's more than that. And it just wasn't understood enough. So this definitely was something that people were clamoring to understand more to involve recruitment marketing. It can absolutely be used, but it's very different. So there was a lot of uh, the votes that this was pretty impactful as people were struggling and finding success with it, but it was a new medium introduced to us. It's definitely much more than what I thought in the beginning, which is this is just another YouTube. And because early on, I saw loads of videos that had clearly been produced for YouTube, corporate career sites, and you know they were, gosh, three minutes long, which doesn't sound like very long, but on TikTok, it's an eternity. There's no way that somebody's going to watch a three-minute video on TikTok. <laughs> um, I see loads of um, sponsored videos in my stream from DoorDash, 12 seconds, 18 seconds. And it's just, it's, it's just very, it's like, you know, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm delivering for DoorDash as a side hustle and I'm making an extra $200 a week by working six hours, whatever. Find out more. I mean, that's it. And then move on. And then and then I get to see the, the you know, the husky complaining about having to wait for three minutes for dinner. Um, <laughs> this is our future, though. Listen to what you said. Three yeah. minutes was an eternity. 16 seconds, right? We have to learn to deliver messaging in a much more compressed way. Um, people don't have the time and there's too much noise out there. So this is a great medium. Um, I do think that we'll see a lot of other types of medium like this that get introduced um, that we have the potential to use, but um, everything is advancing so quickly. There will always be a need to learn new skills and um, new mediums that are out there. Yeah, very very snackable. Um, our snacks are becoming uh, much smaller and much less and much more frequent. Um, number four on the list, I, this one definitely caught my attention, um, and that is increased executive level attention to TA. Um, and I've heard you um, talking about this on the, on the Chad and Cheese podcast with that that you're a regular. Which I don't know if that means that you've done something really horrible in this life or another life for you to be a regular <laughs> on the Chad and Cheese podcast. But but it is what it is. Um, I, I I I I kid. It's it's awesome that you're on that regularly. The um, but the executive level attention to TA is this is this um, how is this impacting the you know, the, the high volume, the employment branding um, folks. Yeah, the, um, for good and for bad here, right? Um, so executive level attention really started to come in to TA. Often TA was viewed as this cost center, right? Like, oh, we got to yes. hire people to grow. <laughs> so how much is that going to cost us? But it's not looked at as like a revenue driver, as like sales. Oh, if we hire more salespeople, we'll make more revenue. So that, right. that it's usually viewed in that way and that – often makes it difficult for TA to get investment and budget and grow. 
um, and make their case for all the things that they need to do to advance. But that kind of changed. And what really helped, I think, are all the business news headlines that started to roll out talking about all the talent shortages, because it wasn't just the TA leader going to the executive and saying, we're struggling to hire. It was the news talking about how industries are struggling to hire and how an entire industry is crippled. A supply chain is broken because we cannot get the workforce needed to keep it functioning. As companies started to pay attention to this and realize this is not just a problem I have, this is a bigger problem. The companies that are going to be able to continue to grow in a growth market are going to need the workforce to do it. And if everybody's having that problem, my competitive advantage can be that I invest in this and make this work for us. So as executives started to bring TA to the table and say, how can we first make sure we're protecting our business and our own supply chains and our own ability to deliver on our products and services? Let's stay in business, but then let's advance our business by investing in getting the best talent. And that became a competitive play that a lot of executives wanted TA at that table. How can I help? How can we invest? They were definitely more involved, paying attention more to um, what could they do, um, bringing both the employer brand and the consumer brand together in a lot of cases. Um, and this made for great storytelling um, and the great resignation, right? Companies felt it in the first quarter in 22 as people were walking out the door. They're like, how do I hold on to my people? How do I get more people? This, this absolutely became essential for business. And um, I think that you'll see a lot. I don't think this is fleeting. I think that um, the view of people and how important they are to companies and their success, I think that that's gotten more attention and I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's now where it may not have always been viewed as so critical, it will be now. Well, and this this might be an example of, of you being more glass half full and me being more glass half empty because I'm not so sure that this is going to stick around. Um, but we'll see. Um, quite frankly, if I had to put money on it, I would put money on it with you uh, because you're looking at this a lot more than I am. Um, I think I'm just a little bit more cynical about how how long, 10, 10 years from now, is there going to be the same level of tension? I don't know. I hope so. Um, last one, number five, frontline worker shortage. Yes. Yes. All the, the so-called essential workers, the, the signs outside the nursing homes, calling them heroes and paying them $9 an hour. I assume that's what uh, we're talking about here. Oh, yes. Well, so frontline worker, um, yes, this this includes a lot of hospitality, a lot of food industries, but also nurses and educators, right? We, we are a talent shortage. And when you look at the places that we're experiencing the greatest talent shortages right now, they are the people who suffered significantly during the COVID-19 pandemic. They are the people who... Uh, you know, lost their jobs because of a hard stop, right? And, um, and, and that, I'm sure, has left very permanent scars that won't just go away on people in their view towards the future and their stability in their work. Um, nurses and educators were feeling significant shortages in those areas. 
And again, these are people who had to adapt to great change in their work environments, um, and they still had to push through to care for humans, right? The children and, 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 the, and the people in the hospitals. Um, the, we already were feeling some shortages, but yeah. this is significant. So we had lost a lot in the pandemic that did not come back, right? So we already had a shortage and then things went backwards. So now take the fact that we're in a growth state right now and demand is high. We need all those workers and they're not all coming back. So this is um, pretty significant. I don't think it's going to go away quickly. I mean, there's there's ways to solve this. You know, we all start having more children. We embrace immigration more. Like there are ways to solve this that are not easy, um, but it will not just go away on its own. It's it. Um, we are going to continue to struggle to fill roles that work on frontline. And there's understandable reasons why these workers may have different view towards their work, but there's also this need to be able to value them for what they're really bringing to the table. Because without having frontline workers, we don't have the services and, and the products that we expect to have as consumers. And we know this. We're feeling this. We're feeling these shortages, right? I go to my local restaurant and it's closed on certain days of the week now. It's not open every day. Um, you know, you go to the hospital and you're going to be in the ER for a couple hours to, before you're seen. And, and, and that's that's the way it is today. Um, so we as consumers are are definitely feeling the inability for companies to staff. Um, so there's going to be a breaking point here at some point where companies are going to have to figure out where efficiency is found and it's not on the compensation to the workforce. So I'd like to see compensation elevate and better experiences and more value be put to these workers um, so that we can get them back into roles where they feel more purpose and they have financial stability. Yeah. And Amazon did this really um, interesting study that I think was intended to be internal, got leaked, but really valuable where they basically just simply on the issue of compensation, they showed that, you know, like in the Phoenix market, if we pay $18 an hour, there are X number of people who would be willing to consider the job. And if we go to 19, 20, 21, $22 an hour, all of a sudden that labor supply greatly increases. And I don't think that a lot of employers have really grasped that. It's not about just like stealing employees from your competitors or getting them to say yes to you and instead of some, but, but literally more people will enter that industry if the pay goes up, you're expanding the pie. And, and, and that was something that, um, you know, um, you know, the folks at Amazon are recruiting at the scale where they can really see those numbers. And, and a company that might be hiring 50 people for a call center, it's a little bit harder for them to measure. So um, before we leave off, I, I promised you slash threatened you um, by asking for um, a horror story um, about the industry, maybe one of your jobs. What uh, what can you what can you share with us to end on a lighthearted note? 
Because horror stories are always so lighthearted. <laughs> I was going to say, what am I going to tell them? <laughs> oh, God, I, ha- I have so many, and I'm trying to make sure I'm not, uh, you know, throwing anyone or well, anything under the bus on this one. It's just you and me on this call. Nobody else is listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do I start a horror story? Oh, well, I mean, one that I just repeats all the time. I'll tell you one of my, my favorite things that I've had to, you know, I often have to call, I get to do the job of telling people their baby's ugly, right? And in the <laughs> nicest way possible, in the nicest way possible. Um, so companies will bring me in um, and, you know, say, hey, you know, we, we have an objective. I want to improve the on um, this objective. How can we help? So a big one that a lot of companies have brought me in on is, you know, we, we want to attract more diverse talent. Um, the, the number one, and I've done this many times, is I would pull up their career site and I'd say, so let's say I'm diverse talent, right? Show me where I belong in this company on your website. Mm. And I have done this with like high executive leaders from like Fortune 500 companies and say, show me, you show me on your site where I belong. And they can't find it. Uh, And they're navigating the pages and they're like, there must be some representation somewhere. I don't see it, do you? Right? And that right there, having them go through that exercise creates this really uncomfortable moment where they, they then realize themselves, oh yeah, it starts right here where I'm not even representing on my public facing website. You know, and I'm walking around the office, I'm like, I see you have talent here, right? Like, why aren't you showing it, right? Look at your website and people are in three-piece suits. And then look at your office, they're in sweatpants. (laughs) Like, you're not selling your authentic image on, on, on the website. So that is one, I'd say I share that. That's in a, I've had a lot of very uncomfortable moments but um, I take a little joy in those because, you know, it leads to real change. Ab- absolutely, yeah. No, those are those are hard conversations to have, um, to, for sure. So um, as we're leaving off, um, Julie, for listeners who want to contact you uh, or learn more about recruitmentmarketing.com, RMC, um, how should they do that? Uh, so you can follow our page on LinkedIn. We're constantly putting out new information and news updates and alerts. Uh, through LinkedIn. You can find me, Julie Kelly, on LinkedIn if you want to connect with me directly. But if you subscribe to recruitmentmarketing.com, we keep you informed on the latest information of what's changing in the industry, the best tips. We help elevate and celebrate others in the industry. Uh, If you're interested in contributing and you have great content that you want to see out in the world, feel free to reach out to us. And um, we're always looking for sharing the voice of others to help Um, the greater good for all of us advancing in in this industry. Awesome. And I was an early subscriber. I read everything that comes out. It's, it's awesome. And for those um, who don't know Julie, it's Callie is C-A-L-L-I. Look her up and subscribe, subscribe early and subscribe often. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for joining us today on the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rothberg of Job Search Site College Recruiter. Each year, we help more than 12 million candidates find great new jobs. Our customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale and advertise their jobs with us. 
You can reach me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. The High Volume Hiring Podcast is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts and College Recruiter. Please subscribe for free on your favorite app. Review it. Five stars are always nice. And recommend it to a couple of people you know who want to learn more about how best to hire at scale. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.